may be seated. Our scripture reading this morning comes from Matthew chapter 6, verses 22 through 24. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or to be, be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. In his famous speech of 1858, Abraham Lincoln said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. He was talking about the painful divisions in the country caused by slavery and the recognition that our country could not continue while the soul of the nation was so deeply divided. This famous quote was actually referencing Jesus when Jesus says, if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. From Mark 3, verses 24 and 25. And what we see throughout scripture is that Jesus is deeply concerned about the moral choices we make that can divide us from God. Some of them start small, little priority shifts that we don't even notice. But they pull us further and further from who God calls us to be. Not all of them are big, world-shaking decisions, but they amount to that over enough time. And so this is why, as we talked about last week, Jesus talks about money so often. He knows that money is one of the most obvious outward signs of the choices that we are making. I say over and over that a budget is a moral document because it allows us to see what our priorities are, what is dividing our attention. And this week's scripture immediately follows the lesson last week about storing up treasure. And at first glance, this whole passage, when it's brought together, is an odd assortment of wisdom sayings. It's words about keeping your eyes healthy, about heavenly versus worldly treasure, it's sort of difficult to see how this all comes together. That last line, you cannot serve God and wealth, seems sort of thrown in uh, to wrap up this passage. But I think with careful examination, it becomes clear that there is a single theme that is linking these various concerns together, and that is integrity. Jesus is inviting his disciples to a life of integrity, a life that is lived for the sake of the principle, not for appearance, and a life that is deeply healthy, not only outwardly attractive. Gathering and collecting shiny things, striving after wealth at any cost, these habits betray one's relationship to God and undermine God's call to live a full and meaningful life. I heard a sermon when I was in seminary, and it has continued to stick with me. And it talked about the way that we talk about church growth. That we look at something that is getting bigger, and we assume that it is healthy and good. 
but it is a reminder that sick things also swell. And that when we think about how we are growing, are we growing or are we swelling? <laughs> what is the health of the system? What is the focus? What is the priority? Is your pastor preaching sermons about how if you just pray hard enough, you too can be wealthy? Is it making it easy and giving messages that, that allow you to believe that if you make the right friends and drive the right cars and live in the right houses, it's a sign of God's blessing. Where is the priority? Where is the focus? And so I love this idea that Jesus is concerned with a life that is deeply healthy, not outwardly attractive. And I think in the heart of this passage, there is this curious statement about the eye. That if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. And if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is full of darkness. And as a person who usually wears glasses, I do have my concerns about this. <laughs> Ancient Mediterranean people believed that they could see because light came out from their eyes. So our eyes functioned like a flashlight illuminating everything around us. Light was generated from the heart. And so blindness was seen as a sickness of the heart in a moral and ethical sense, not the actual biological function of it. This is why you have so many miracles of Jesus healing the blind is because what he is saying is that their heart is good. If you had evil in your heart, it was believed, you would bring bad fortune to others just by looking upon them because that bad light from your heart was projected onto them. Your hatred, your envy, your anger came out of your heart and onto someone else's life. But even with our understanding that eyes don't project light from our heart, that they don't project good or evil, we can still understand that the eye is the lamp of the body. Because it's through the eye that we look out onto the world and it is via our eyes that we let what is in the world into our bodies. And more to the point, it is what we consume when we see it that has an impact on our soul. And so we ask questions about what are we surrounding ourselves with? What are we watching? What are we looking at? What do we focus on? And I think the answers to these questions reveal more about our character and our destiny than just about anything else. If the eye and the things it looks to are healthy, so will the rest of the body and the person be. There's a lot of things that can distract our eyes. A lot of things that we can become convinced that we need. I can be very easily convinced of what I need. If I just buy this one more thing, I will find happiness. And I know better than that, and it does not keep me from falling into that trap. It's really difficult to stop and be thoughtful and intentional about what does what I am surrounding myself with say about my integrity. 
Jesus says in the scripture that no one can serve two masters. A person trying to do so will inevitably like one and hate the other or be too devoted to one and despise the others. Jesus says that we can't serve both God and money. And as we examine our lives, we might see that our eyes are being distracted, that there are more than two masters calling for our hearts, for our attention, and for our gaze. When we are serving two or three or ten masters, we are dividing our hearts among them. And we're not living as God intends us to. I think we can find ourselves beginning to resent or hate the things that pull us away from who we want to be. Because we know we can't serve two masters. We know that we have surrounded ourselves with things that pull at our integrity. We end up hating our job or our bosses or that stupid car that the car payment is too big because they have become an unintended master in our life. And so does this mean that I think you should not make money? No. (laughs) Does this mean I think you can't have a healthy relationship with money? No, absolutely not. But it means that you cannot serve God and money. They can't both be your master. You can't serve under the power of God and under the power of money. You have to choose. And that's about asking the question that we asked last week, which is, where are you placing your treasure? What are you saying about your priorities and the life that you want to live with the decisions that you're making? How does it reflect your integrity? You can have healthy relationships with things. You can enjoy having beautiful paintings around you, or a comfortable couch to sit on. And you can allow those to not become your master by being thoughtful and intentional in the choices that you're making. In an age when we are uh, bombarded each and every day with thousands of advertising images that are designed to make us feel inadequate, when we have access to more information than ever before, I think that the wisdom in today's passage is more relevant than ever. What are you looking at? What are you focusing on? Because what we give our deepest attention to is what we eventually gravitate to. It's what we ultimately become. And so to his disciples then, and to us now, Jesus' counsel and command is simple. Keep your eyes wide open in wonder and belief and gratitude. Focus on what gives life and set aside and reject all that would take life and joy and peace. I believe if we can be thoughtful about this, even for periods of time in a day, because it is hard to keep it up 24-7, But if we can try and do a little better each day, we can find that we will live a life that is healthy and full. We can reflect out to the world 
that which God calls us to be. We can offer the light from our hearts to shine onto the places that God most desires us to see. None of this is easy, and none of this can happen overnight. But at this time of stewardship is a time to be intentional and thoughtful, to ask questions about how your choices and your priorities reflect your integrity. My friends, I am joining you in this hard work because I am far from perfect in it. But we know that in all things, God has given us this wisdom that when we are healthy, our whole body is full of light. And that we can serve God in all things if we just slow down and give it a little consideration. And so I invite you into that practice this week as we prepare to gather again next week to talk more about how we care for each other in our community. Amen. Amen. Please stand and sing with me. <clears throat>